Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Hi, I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in. It's nine minutes after nine o'clock. Before we get rolling, I've got Gil in the in the house with me. But before we get rolling, uh, I want to talk about this class coming up at Barbecue Pit Stop. They've got Jared Hooker. He's originally from Houston, Texas. He's the owner of Hooks Rubs and Spices. He's going to be teaching a barbecue barbecue class on Thursday night over at Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, the menu you're not going to believe this menu. Okay, they're going to teach you how to do pulled pork and Texas Twinkies. Now these are not like the Twinkies you buy. These are we're talking about the like jalapeno stuffed. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, he'll talk about that. And then the main deal that he's teaching, bacon-wrapped mac and cheese stuffed turkey legs. <laughs> Gil's over there going, can you do that? Is that legal? <laughs> it, it is legal. Uh, anyway, that's Thursday night, uh, and I've got a deal for you. Uh, I'm going to go, and uh, I'd like to see you there with me. So if you uh, if you go either call the barbecue pit stop or stop into the store, just mention that this ad or mention me or mention something about radio, they'll give you 20% off. So the $50 class will be 40 bucks. And the cool thing about these classes is you learn how to do all this stuff. You, they also serve it to you. You also get to eat all this stuff while you're there uh, in the class. So, again, uh, the phone number, by the way, 435-429-7174 for Barbecue Pit Stop. 435-429-7174. Mention my name. You get 20% off. I'm also going to be on Thursday morning. So I'm going to be Thursday night. I'll be at the, at the Barbecue Pit Stop class. Thursday morning I will be at the, the new Bucks Ace in Santa Clara. they got a new one they're opening up. Over there in Santa Clara, and uh, I'm that'll be, be great. Giving stuff out and everything, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, you'll join me there. Now, let's talk to Gil Gil Onquist, the Washington County Commissioner. Gil, how's it going? You you broke the new guy in yet? Yes, in fact, Adam Snow, our newest commissioner, he is awesome. The thing I love about it is he has phone numbers and contacts oh. statewide and on the federal side which is where we do a lot of our business he's got hookups and huh? he's got it all figured so out so we're pretty much ready to rock and roll with adam that's good that's good to hear he has been on the job what maybe 2 months now yes and it definitely doesn't diminish the fact that we miss uh, Dean Cox and, and what he did for this county and for this community for a long, long time. We think about him every day. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. For sure. But I'm glad. It's good to hear that Adam's, uh, Adam's got it rolling. Now, what was his profession before he... You know, he's been in private equity. He had his own company. And then okay. about six years ago, Congressman Stewart said, would you be part of my team? Oh, wow. I need to have somebody at least for six months. Well, that was six years ago, and I think <laughs> Congressman Stewart does miss him, but still yeah. is in contact with some of the things they were finishing up together. But there's no doubt that we have a real asset. For sure. And, and anybody that uh, that Chris Stewart likes, i got to like, too, because I like Chris Stewart a lot. I think he's a sharp guy. Agreed. So uh, big issues. So before we get into some of the issues that the, the county is facing, I did want to ask you about, so we have elections coming up. It's uh, first of next month. And actually I, I voted last night. My wife was going to take our ballots and drop them off. Uh, but, uh, 
there's no county commission seats up right now. You guys aren't running for anything. You don't have to worry about that. But uh, the dynamic might change a little bit as we get a, you know different mayors or city councilmen or whatever might change. That makes your job a little bit different. Can you talk a, bit, a little bit about the dynamic of, of how to adjust to things like that? Because sometimes you get people in there who are brand new. They, they've never been in pol- politics before. Uh, true. And quite frankly, new blood is often very good. Mm-hmm. We miss our friends that we've had <laughs> associations with if they're defeated. And <clears throat> luckily for me, I know most of everyone running. There's only a few candidates that I haven't really had to cross paths with or mm-hmm. opportunity to get to know and would like to do so. But you're right. You sometimes feel like, and that's wonderful about America, let's face it. Yeah. But it's also you feel like, okay, now we're going back to school right? and we've got to help some of them that are new. And they want the help to understand, okay, what happened five years ago about water? You know, or in their city, what happened sure. when the outgoing city manager perhaps left something hanging for the new one? And there's a lot of that give and take initially and a, a lot mm-hmm. of learning. Mm-hmm. But I get along with really anybody. So. Sure. Well, I mean, you have to, right? That's your job, right? We are supposed to think. And beyond what people think, I believe that, look at the national politics, in a county, and especially in southwest Utah, where we're kind of like this little gem all unto ourselves. Yeah, we are. We really have to think together, work together, and it's been the Dixie way. And sure, there have been disagreements over this, that, or the other thing, but I think more than ever, as our population is growing, as our cities start to blend together and they share boundaries and problems, and uh, we really do find that even the newest of the new that are elected quickly come on board and find out, wow, we're in this boat together, and we need to make it happen. I I think, you know, someone, someone actually said to me, well, the world's falling apart, and I'm like, well, Kind of in some cases, but in St. George, Utah, in Washington County, Utah, the world's not falling apart here. I mean, yeah, you know, inflate gas is more than it should be and, and you know, other items cost more than they should. But I really feel like, like you said, we kind of have this little jewel in the desert. Uh, Utah is okay, but St. George is more than okay. Washington County is, is doing pretty well. Yeah, we've, we've been a beneficiary of a lot of people coming here because they were locked down elsewhere, mm-hmm. and good people. Um, that's nothing to replace the fact that we've lost wonderful people to, to COVID and right. other diseases. But we've fared well by, by being independent. Yeah, we love it. We, we'll, we'll keep at it as long as we can, too. Sure. Uh, the county commission now, uh, there was a, about three months ago, two months ago, there was a, a group uh, in, in the town who, hey, we had to make the commission bigger, have a board instead of a commission. Uh, and that kind of went away pretty quickly. Was that because all the commissioners on the, on the staff were like, we don't need that. We, well, we're going to end up spending more money, not less? Or, or what happened? Because it seemed like it just kind of went away. It, it did. Some of their requests included full benefits, but part-time, and mm. yet you need a staff because right. if you're not there all the time, there's still ongoing business, things mm-hmm. that need to be signed every day, meetings that need to happen every day. Yesterday was absolutely no time to even catch your breath. Really? That's how packed yesterday was. Huh. And it wouldn't be any different if you had five or seven commissioners, and I'm sure it'll surface again, but it would have been a hard sell to the public to say, okay, now we're going to spend more money, a lot more money, and make government bigger. And 
gee, we're all three at large. Uh, Adam yeah. lives up Highway 18. Victor is on the east side. Mm-hmm, I'm in St. George. We're representing the county. And quite frankly, I spend a lot of my time on the east side as well with Rockville, Springdale. It's, it's really working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not broken, so why fix it? Nevertheless, Good answer. we're open to everyone's <laughs> petitions. It just really wasn't going to work. And what I found is interesting is we're pretty conservative, all three of us. Hmm. And yet it was coming from the liberal side. Yeah, There were a lot of supporters in there. It, it was a mixed bag of people that were pushing it. And I really couldn't figure out what their motive was because you call me, I don't care. I, I had somebody call me at 1130 the other night because they had a question on uh, animal control. And I took the call. And they said, oh, my gosh. We're on vacation in California. I just had a dying, you know, desire to call somebody. I forgot <laughs> it's 1130 and it's only 1030 here. My, my I, friends don't even answer the phone at 1130 <laughs> at night. <laughs> I, I didn't care. I was glad to answer. <laughs> well, one of the things, so I, I had the opportunity to moderate the debate a week ago uh, okay. between uh, St. George City Council people and then the two St. George mayor, mayoral candidates. It was a good experience for me. Uh, I learned a lot. I would say maybe about 300 folks there but when all was said and done to, to witness and be, and be a part of it. A uh, good experience. But one of the questions I asked the mayoral candidates, uh, Jimmy and Michelle, was do you think the mayor of St. George should be a full-time job? And uh, to my surprise, Jimmy said no. That didn't surprise me that much. But Michelle said no. I don't. I don't think it should. I think we should stay with the current system we have. Uh, as a full-time county commissioner, do you see a need in other positions in in our county in our community that maybe should be full-time? Well, of course, the county also has seven other elected officials. So there's sure. Well, however you count the whole mix, but Six and it does. It, it, yeah. And so they are all full-time because that is a full-time job to be treasurer or assessor or recorder or Mm -hmm. sheriff. Um, Now, on the other hand, if you're going to go to a strong mayor-type form of government, added costs, you could definitely fill up your entire day being mayor. And Michelle and Dan MacArthur before and John Pike before, they had other jobs, but, boy, they spent a lot of time being mayor. Yeah. I I believe once we get St. George or the surrounding area to double its population, you'll see the need for a full-time mayor. But I liked their answers. Right now, I I don't see a full-time mayor, especially in our biggest city, St. George, being necessary. Okay. Um, You brought, as you were talking about that, it kind of popped a a question into my head. So uh, if St. George doubles in size which, you know, projections are in 20 years, that could happen. Yeah. Uh, but where are these people going to go? And will that encroach upon unincorporated county land so that your county land gets smaller? We're already feeling that. You yeah. know, we represent technically 9,000 representatives or citizens in the unincorporated area. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that we represent everyone because we really do, whether in Leverkin or we're all, we're all in the county, yeah. Right. So we have obligations to every single citizen. Mm-hmm. But then we also have that rural feel out in the county. And I don't know that I want to see that get too urbanized. Sure. Because New Harmony has a feel and a look and it's not full of people. Yeah. I almost don't want that valley to be full of people, though. And I'm a property rights guy, but let's do it sanely. But you're right, there will and there already is pressure 
mm-hmm. on the county to zone things with higher density. Sure. And it, it follows. When one place runs out of land, they're going to go somewhere else. Those of you that aren't real familiar with New Harmony, that's we're talking exit 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get right off the exit. There's something they call Harmony Views. And then if you go a few miles in, then you're to the actual town of New Harmony. But right. I assume it's all part of the same community. But uh, I noticed, though, if, if you drive north on I-15 from here, you hit about exit 40 and you look off to the left, there's a bunch of houses there. And, and it seems like over the last two decades, there's a lot more houses than there used to be there, just to kind of uh, illustrate what you're talking about, where right. sometimes a land, people need land, they need land to build a house, they need a house to live, and then they need somewhere to work, and it, it seems like it is growing out there, even though it's a ways, you know, it's a ways out there. It's coming, though, pretty fast, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's an interesting little corridor there, and New Harmony is separated from the rest of Washington County, uh, at least this part of Washington County, uh, there's that little corridor there with the Black Ridge and everything. And so mm-hmm. I think they probably feel, you know, I, I was actually, when my my parents lived in New Harmony for a while, I was actually surprised when they first moved in to find out that, uh, in fact, New Harmony was in Washington County because right. I originally thought it was a, an Iron County town. It's very close. Yeah. You know, I've always said, Andy, and I've seen it borne out. In towns like, I saw some in Enoch, mm-hmm. um, Cedar City, that design trumps density. Hmm. If you look at some of these projects where they've really put a little extra thought into it, and it's not ugly. It's not a big box with a few windows and a front door yeah. and, a, and a porch light. You know, but it's really been interesting to see some of these architects that have come up with some homes uh, let's say condos or townhomes or something that's 800 to a thousand square feet living space, but it doesn't look like a sardine can. Yeah. I've been impressed by that. That's good. Does design trumps density. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So um, one of the things you're saying is you can have a really nice looking small house, a really True. functional, nice looking small house. Yep. And you can even have, Apartments that look good. Yeah. Right over here on Diagonal Street. It's been here for 30 years. Nobody would know. They drive by it. It looks like a house. But if you go inside, it's actually four apartments in one. Really? But to look at it, it looks like a single family residential. Well, I drive diagonal it, every day, and I'm, so I can't even think of what you're talking go about. Go down so. about two blocks, and on your right-hand side, I think it has red awnings now. It used to have blue awnings. All right. But that is a beautiful example of uh, what I'm talking about. Got to look for it. Uh, you mentioned one of the elected officials is uh, the sheriff of Washington County, and uh, it was just announced, uh, I think, late last week that Corey Pulsifer is retiring, as is, uh, I forget his first name, Stanley, the undersheriff. Uh-huh, James. James Stanley, yeah, uh, the undersheriff. Uh, Nate Brooksby will take over his duties for now and be, I guess, interim sheriff. Is that right? It still has to go to the okay. Republican convention, similar to what happened for Dean Cox. Okay. Okay. And that there will be a opportunity for people to run for that position in the interim and then have to run again when that term expires. Oh, got it. Well, let's talk about Corey Pulsifer a little bit. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, 
Corey Pulsiver was actually the mission mechanic in my mission back in 1985, 86. Uh, back, <laughs> back, and so I've known Corey for a long, long time. That's cool. Uh, but, it, but it's not one of those deals like we were buddies and we hung out together all the time. I, I knew Corey. I didn't see him for 10 years, and then I knew Corey again. And then I didn't see him for a few years, and I knew Corey again. In fact, for a while, uh, this was back in the 90s, I was a bail bondsman. And uh, I got pulled over by Corey, who was a sheriff's deputy, uh, at about four o'clock in the morning. I was going to write a bail, and of course, what do you? If someone's driving around at four o'clock in the morning, what do you suspect if you're a police officer? Oh, it's probably right. a DUI or something. <laughs> so, yeah, he pulled me over. And I just I, I remember to this day him walking up and shining the flashlight in the window to see who was in the car. He looked at him, he's like, "Oh, Andy, is it you?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "What are you doing out here?" I said, "Well, I'm going to write a bail," and yeah. Uh, and then we've had some other uh, uh, places where our, our lives have crossed paths with my brother and stuff. And uh, so I've known Corey for a long time, always to me been a really uh, class guy, or, or, you know, an A1 kind of guy. Uh, I haven't seen him lately. I understand he's lost a lot of weight with his health he issues. Has. Yeah, he's genuinely interested in people. Yeah. I find that to be so true. And isn't it wonderful, like you were saying, the relationships that – just have such a good start and you feel so close to each other that you can go 10 years and then you pick right up where you left off. Right. Those are wonderful. But for Corey, he has definitely had his whole heart and soul for, I think 33, 34 years into law enforcement and caring about people in the, in the County. He's run a tight ship over there, but at the same time I've gone over and there's been a, when, at the proper times, kind of a party atmosphere, too, <laughs> where everyone knows they've got a job to do and right. protect the citizens and lock folks up as, that are not good for society. I, uh, one of the things that when I very first got hired to do this show, this job, um, I, I had a goal to have the police force on, and my goal was to get the, the sheriff on every month. Uh, I, I had to go through like eight firewalls to finally get to Corey. Okay. <laughs> uh, and when I finally got to him, the answer was, I don't like that kind of thing. I don't like doing radio. I don't like that, that kind of public appearance stuff. And I'm like, well, Corey, we're friends. We've been, you know, right. I've known you for 30 years. Come on. And he's like, I, I just would rather not. He said, how about you call, we get Nate Brooks beyond. How, how about you talk to Nate every month? <laughs> and anyway, that never came to fruition, but, uh, and it may in the future with Nate uh, potentially right. being, being the, the future sheriff. But uh, yeah, Corey did not like the media. And that always reminds me of the story. Uh, years ago, I was covering the Utah Jazz for uh, the Logan newspaper and, uh, I, I had I, I, it was an afternoon paper, so I had the whole next morning to write my story. Hmm. So everybody else that was covering the jazz, they were on a night deadline. They had to have a story in by right. midnight. So one of the things, John Stockton was like Corey Pulsifer in that he absolutely hated media. He hated talking in public. Yeah, he hated I see that. And, and so his trick was he would go in the trainer's room which was not open to reporters, while all us reporters would go in the locker room to talk to different players, and he would wait in that trainer's room until everybody had left. And then once all the reporters had gone because he knew they had deadlines, then he would come out and, and get changed and everything and go, right. go about his business. Well, uh, unbeknownst to him, I didn't have a deadline that night. My deadline was the next day. And so I sat in that locker room by myself for about 10 minutes and waited and waited and waited. And finally, there, the, little, the little door of the trainer's room, this is a big wooden door, cracks open and he pokes his head through and he and I make eye contact. And I, he, I'll never forget the look on his face. He was like, 
oh man, you caught me. <laughs> and he came out and we had a nice chat. I did a nice interview with John Stockton, but uh, that, that, that story, or just talking about Corey Pulsifer and his, his dislike for doing public media type things kind of reminded me of John Stockton, the same kind of deal. Sure. So well, I'm glad yeah. you're not that way, Gil. You know, there are times when maybe I want to be in the trainer's room, but for the most part, I like being out and amongst folks and hearing their positions and chatting about things. So, Corey Pulsifer, uh, I know he's, and it's been made public, he has a, a form of cancer and he's he's fighting, uh, he's lost a lot of weight, unfortunately, he does not look like himself anymore. Uh, in fact, I had a friend come up to me and say, boy, have you talked to Sheriff Pulsifer lately? And I said, no. And he says, well, I, I walked in a room and he was in the room and I didn't recognize him. I said, until he started talking and it was his voice. And then I realized, okay, that's him. But uh, we just wish him the best and hopes and prayers are for Corey as he deals with the battle for his life and and everything. You know, he and Dean are very similar in in this respect. Mm -hmm. Corey could have for months and months and months just stayed home, just just been aloof. Yeah, I'm done. But he has not been. Hmm. He loves his job. He loves being around people. He comes into the commission offices. He's, he, he laughs, and even though behind it you can tell he's got some pain or discomfort, but he's, he's a true public servant. Yeah, yeah, thinking of others. I love it. I love it. Good luck, Corey. Our best yes. wishes and prayers are with you. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a quick phone call. Seth has been holding on for a few minutes, and then we'll go to weather. Seth, what's going on? We've got uh, Gil Almquist on today. He's one of my favorite county commissioners along with the other two. <laughs> That's definitely in your top three, huh? Thank you, sir. Yes, he, he's the top, and he's the biggest. Uh, Adam tops me now, but, I mean, biggest in ego or biggest in? <laughs> no, no, compliment, compliment. Like okay. you, Andy, he's big. Thank he's, you. He's a lot smaller than me. Everybody's <laughs> smaller than me, though, except Sean Bradley. So, uh, I'm going to ask a trick question. Who is the only legitimate um, law enforcement officer in Washington County? Legitimate or the one that everyone technically needs to pay some homage to the sheriff, county sheriff? Yes, and that's critical. And with the replacement, I hope we can find people like Corey. By the way, I've talked to Corey many times and seen him. He came up to the Enterprise uh, Corn Festival, and I got a chance to talk to him at length. And uh, he told me the same thing, uh, that that wasn't his cup of tea. And and I said, (laughs) well, at least you could get your second in command and uh, and the like. But your results are the same as my results. Uh, It hasn't happened yet. And maybe that will be um, something in the future. Um, and because the sh- I've talked to the sheriff, I've talked to the mayors, none of them are going to be arresting people for violation of mandates uh, uh, for vaccines. And that's the kind of sheriff in almost True. every situation, chief law enforcement, that they risk their career and their standing by not following these unconstitutional demands, even from governors and the like, and the federal government, to take jurisdiction, like in the BLM 
and other thing other things going on in the county and stand up for our constitution to which we all have sworn an oath right and the tenth amendment says you know states are able to make their own decisions and if the feds haven't been clear about it backed by the constitution then states take over and 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 exactly and uh, that's one of the reasons I feel like, and we've talked about the marshmallows and, right. and law enforcement and all, and I think it's critical that the sheriff be uh, the elected representative and responsible for law enforcement throughout the county and that nothing really moves until the sheriff um, takes care of that particular case. And in the case of... Corey, he's one of my favorite people, and I hope he'll give me a call. And uh, I know people who have overcome these kind of things uh, using the same kind of thing for COVID, massive vitamin D and C, and other things that help the immune system respond. All right. Thanks, uh, Seth. Great to talk to you this morning. Thanks, Seth, very much. Appreciate the call. Uh, Yeah, we wish, uh, Corey, nothing but the best. For the record, by the way, I have talked with Nate Brooksby. Saw him at the—he actually came to the debate, and uh, I spent a few minutes chatting with him, and uh, he has agreed he's going to plan on doing some uh, radio appearances with me. We of course we don't know what the future holds, how things will happen with you know if he if he is able to finish out the term and then run again and and things like that. But uh, Nate said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Can so, I say something too about Seth's comment about the chief law enforcement sure. official in a county? Corey knew that. Mm-hmm. I think the sheriff does know that, but they've never stepped on the toes of our great police chiefs. I know that I've personally witnessed how a incident command is set up. And if it's in Hurricane and Chief XL is over it, Corey's come in and said, how can I help? What can we do to satisfy your needs and back you up? It's never been, okay, I'm taking over now. Yeah. And I love that about our workings together. You see that sometimes in movies. I don't know if it's realistic, but the FBI will come in and say, you guys are done. This is ours now. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see. I, I hate it when people come in and I call it big time. When someone comes in and tries to big time you, like, mm-hmm. well, I'm taking over. You're not, you're not smart enough to do this. I like it nuts. either. So yeah. good, good to know that Corey never tried to big time anybody. All right, we're talking with Gil Almquist, County Commissioner, today. We've got some other stuff to talk about, including what's going on over there with the parking lot and, and uh, all that stuff. Welcome back to the program, 938 on KDX. I'm Andy Griffin, live with Gil Almquist here in the Camping World of St. George Studios. We're on North Bluff Street. Appreciate Gil coming in today. Glad to be here. Gil, you're a good guy. You made the trip all the way from Bloomington. Well, I guess you had to come into work anyway, but uh, looking sharp with your sport jacket on and everything. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, We were talking during the break, and and so I'll bring it up on air now. Uh, Short-term rentals have become an interesting uh, prospect. One of the questions I asked uh, uh, to the candidates, I said, uh, there are people who say, this is my land. I can do what I want with my land. This is America. You can't stop me. What would you say to someone that said that, especially if, uh, say, I wanted to, in the middle of a, a nice subdivision, build a, a gas station or a pig farm or something like that? You know, zoning came to pass when several cities became more urbanized, started 
in Boston, went to L.A., San Francisco. You can look back at the history of zoning. But it was primarily to say, okay, this belongs here, this belongs here, this belongs here, versus it all being just a mix and some people saying, gee, I really hadn't expected that that, you mentioned pig farm, moved in right next to me. Yeah. Well, having said that. Somebody built a five-story silo. Oh, right, right. Having said that, zoning's always try to be fair. And I believe that that's been the case. I, mean, I was 16 years on the Planning and Zoning Commission for St. George. Mm-hmm. And I know that people would often come in and say, well, I can do what I want to do. But property rights kind of end at your property and you infringe on others sometimes. So in short-term rentals, we were finding out that places like Pine Valley and New Harmony and perhaps coming to Colob, that there were those trying to take advantage of residential neighborhoods by building humongous homes, renting them out with very little management or say, and then uh, Pine Valley was getting overrun with a lot of ATVs and people with loud parties, and suddenly Hmm. it's not the same neighborhood that it was, and numerous complaints were starting to come in, and especially out in the Sky Ranch area where... Uh, humongous homes were being built only for the purpose of renting them out. And so, so I'm a guy with a lot of money. I go, all right, I'm going to build a, a, 50, a $1.5 million house that is 10,000 square feet or whatever. Right. And uh, I'm, my attitude is, hey, it's my land, so I'm just going to build it and use it as a rental and start renting to groups of people or to parties or to family reunions or, or whatever. That kind of thing was happening? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it became a very selfish move. So sometimes you have to look and say, yes, I have property rights, but how far am I going to push my selfish motives to hmm. say I can do what I want to do and not caring about our neighbors? And that was happening. You know, Sky Ranch is a very unique place. It has an airfield. You know, yeah. It has a yeah. landing strip. Giant hangars to park your airplanes yeah. in, in your house, your garage. And the FAA doesn't love these little fields if they're not managed well mm-hmm. well it's pretty open over there and people like that they are respectful of their field know they can lose it at any time if they have some accidents well they were starting to have people that were coming to these short-term rentals out on the runway with racing their atvs oh, and it was a place for them to stroll even people landing planes there that did not have the proper authority to do so you can see why the neighbors would say, whoa, we have a pretty good thing going here. We don't want to lose our rights right. to land a plane here or take off. But but even in the big picture, we have only passed a, an ordinance that affects the unincorporated area. St. George, Washington, Hurricane, they can all pass their own ordinances, and they have dealing with this. We have not outlawed them. We have simply said under at a certain size, it must be owner-occupied. Now, those that did follow the previous ordinance and started this as a tourist home, which was allowed, and came in and got a business license and paid their taxes like a hotel has to, Mm -hmm. are still allowed to function. But the ones that did not follow any of those previous laws or rules, they basically excluded themselves from their right to do that because they didn't follow that ordinance. So. We've had, I want to say, 20 to 1, though, support for the ordinance that we passed versus the Hewlin outcry of saying, oh, no, we want more of them. 
Well, you read but, my, uh, you read my mind. I was going to say, what's what's the pushback? The ones that are are unhappy with the ordinances. What what are they saying? They are developers, realtors, mm-hmm. uh, wealthy individuals, often from out of state. Yeah, and quite frankly, I thought they were kind of preying upon our quaint little communities and. If they want to do it, then move here and be in the home and rent. We have a maximum size by pertaining to the size of lot you have. So it's not outlawed. It simply has some tighter restrictions uh, about being able to do it. I just got a text that said Sky Ranch is not the same as San Francisco or L.A. And then said there are no five-story silos. I don't know. Maybe they didn't understand what we were saying. What I think you said was that if I in Bloomington Hills said, hey, I like pigs, I'm going to start raising them, and I want a big silo there, that is exactly what uh, would upset my neighbors. Yeah. And I think the caller must be, it sounds like they love short-term rentals and don't think this is Boston or L.A. Our point is, as I was just trying to say, where zoning started was in those large cities over well over 100 years ago. And Sky Ranch has a feel and a look, and the residents that are there that expected to move into a residential neighborhood suddenly found them surrounded by commercial activities, and that wasn't setting well, and we acted. Does, does this kind of uh, infringe a little bit on, on, you know, America, freedom, all that stuff? I, I know, uh, for instance, right now, there, there's a, all over the country, there's the, the whole uh, vaccine mandate and, you know, company, people quitting and going on strike or, or whatever because their company says they have to have a, a shot and they don't want to get a shot. Uh, and so when you start talking about zoning and freedom and stuff, I, I mean, it, it's to me, that's it, a tough way to, to try to interpret freedom because you really have to walk a, a fine line on how to fit it all in. For sure. I mean, you talk about vaccinations your body is your own property mm-hmm. and you can do what you want with your own body. Now, if I am hacking up a storm and I know I'm sick and I choose to go to church and hug everybody, <laughs> okay, I've kind of violated their rights yeah. to their body. True. Uh, but in the land aspect, we're just trying to get people to respect each other and, and get along. Mm. Well said. Can't we all just get along? Didn't Rodney King say that yeah. a while back? All right. Uh, Got to get another commercial break in. We'll finish up with uh, with Gil. Talk about some of your freedoms and a football coach that got fired that has a, a little bit of bearing on us uh, uh, and freedom. We'll talk about that when we come back right now. Uh, again, thank you so much to Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney has been a sponsor of this show for a couple of decades now. Well, I don't know that long. A long time, though, since before I got here. And Joe Shoney's specialty is customer service. You go online, he has 572 reviews and averages 4.91 stars on those reviews. His whole goal is to make you happy with the loan process. Give him a call today uh, and see what he can do for you. The phone number is 435-590-6300. And legally, I have to say, NMLS number 121041. Be right back. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. 
Welcome back. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in. Gil Almquist with me today. We're talking uh, property rides. We're talking vaccine. Well, we haven't talked much about the vaccine, but uh, I did want to mention, Gil, and it has nothing to do with Washington County, but uh, the football coach for Washington State University and four of his assistants were fired uh, last night this morning because yeah, they would not take the vaccine. Uh, the coach had actually applied for a religious exception, uh, but it had not been processed yet, and the school just decided to go ahead because the deadline was uh, was today to go ahead and, and release him. The reason, it kind of, I mean, it's news because it's news, but also BYU plays at Washington State this Saturday, and they'll be using an interim coach. Their D coordinator right now is going to be the head coach. But interesting story, huh? Well, if if we can get a defense, I guess it won't matter. Well, who the coach of the opponent is. That's a good point. It wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of defense against Baylor this week for, for well, BYU. Well, they're a great team, and I'm hoping that the players for Washington State also realize that um, for whatever reason, good or bad, whatever, you can be a person of conviction, mm-hmm. and you can stand by your own principles, and if that helps them through life through that example, I, you know, agree or disagree, listeners, uh, that was a pretty bold move by the university as well as a pretty strong stance by that coach and those four other uh, assistants. You know, I've known a lot of coaches throughout my lifetime. I've been fortunate to cover sports for nearly 30 years now from the Utah Jazz, BYU, Utah State, uh, Dixie uh, High School. Uh, and one thing I've learned about the the good coaches, most of them are, like 99% of them are, are good coaches. Right. They understand that they are coaching young people first. They're, they're, they're coaching young people about life. Yes. And, and about becoming uh, productive members of society. And, and then the football or basketball or volleyball, whatever the sport is secondary to that. If, if they, I've had many a coach who had a losing season and I talked to him after the season. Well, I'm heartbroken for the kids, but he says, I tell you what, they grew and they grew up and they learned so much this year. And uh, yeah, we didn't win as many games or matches as we wanted to, but, but I'm proud of this team. Well, there's other places in society right now where the youth think that that are growing up that they always have to be a winner, right. you know? Oh, I'm no good if I haven't won. Well, there's a lot of life's lessons to be learned when you don't win. But um, I was impressed. All our kids played sports, and I was very impressed with their coaches who took a personal interest in their homework or yeah. their home life or other things than just winning. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and maybe, except if you include winning at life. Exactly. That, that kind of winning is, yes. is, is pretty important. Uh, like I said, I mean, to, to me, recently I've worked with football coaches uh, here in the region, football and basketball coaches. But, I mean, I look at Coach Esplin at Snow Canyon, Coach Hosner mm-hmm. over at Pineview, Coach Tate over at Crimson Cliffs. I know I'm going to leave some – Coach Barry now at, at Desert Hills. Uh, it, you know, and, and these are guys who understand that – uh, football is a, a very small window in your life, very small moment right. in your life. But, uh, you know, it's it's the rest of life that really matters because, I mean, I, I played football. I played into college, and, and I was, to me, it's like, okay, well, that happened, but that's not who I am. It's not what I am now. It was maybe a little teeny contribution to what I am, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like that uh, – the, the the sport itself wasn't the story. It was what I learned and what I what I developed and the friendships I made that really mattered in sports. So, you know, I've got to mention uh, 
we're, we want to apologize to all those who need county services. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a mess over there right we're now. We're <laughs> building the admin building, and part of the arrangement was an approval for it was that we also had adequate parking. Right, big deal. And, That's and, a big deal. And so we moved up the schedule for a parking garage because we knew right off the bat we would need it and our customers would need it. But bear with us. We have alternate parking around where you need to go and 30-minute parking for those using the recorder or assessor's office. And we know that that's going to be an inconvenience for some. Uh, We turned our grass area right in front of the current administration building into a parking lot. Brings back an old song, right? Paved Paradise. Paradise, Put up a parking lot. Um, (laughs) But we did that for our, our customers, of course. And our employees, we've encouraged to park a little further away. It's not really part of our wellness program <laughs> but <laughs> trying to get uh, them to work out a little <laughs> but we do want them to obey all traffic laws and not cr- jaywalk but we at least apologize and it'll be about 10 months oh, and wow. everything will be pretty much wrapped up in the meantime we'll do whatever we can if if you need curbside service call us and I will run out there and okay. do whatever you need. <laughs> hey, Gil, can you help me? Yeah. I got, I got to vote. I got to pay my bill. But, yeah, um, I'll do it. Does does the uh, now we have a new clerk auditor? Tell me her name again. Susan Lewis. Susan Lewis. Uh, when you have, a, and I'm going to call him a legend because I'm friends with Kim Hapen. But when you have a legend like Kim for for a long time, uh, you you kind of take that job for granted. You don't even think about it because you know it's going to be done. The clerk right. auditor. Uh, has she been able to uh, assimilate pretty well in the job? I know election, even these municipal elections are handled by the county. Isn't that right? That is true. We get reimbursed by the cities for handling most all of their municipal elections. Mm-hmm. And Susan is right on tap with that. Um, Kim was smart. He knew he would need a protege. Mm-hmm. It's an elected official, so you can be defeated, protege or not. But Susan, in the election to replace Kim, became uh, it was an obvious right move because she already knew the mm-hmm. ins and outs and what to do, and she is working her guts out right now, making sure this election, despite what people think <laughs> and somehow say, is not only well accounted for every single ballot every vote counts, Uh, we double, triple check things and making sure that even those who don't sign their ballot, for example, even though it says sign your ballot, we still try to track them down as best we can. And and those that um, just put an X instead of their name for some rebellious purpose, whatever, (laughs) we still try to get that vote to count. And and they have a big stack, even from the last uh, special election of how to you know, find those folks and say, okay, we really want your vote to count. Here's the go. But you asked the question, how's she doing? Fabulous. Fabulous. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, that the ballot thing, uh, last, not last election, but two elections ago, I apparently didn't sign my name very well. And they actually called me they said, uh, yes, Mr. Griffin, I just wanted, is this your ballot? And they kind of read aloud some of it. And I, yeah, that's, that's me. And they said, well, the, the, uh, the ballot didn't, the signature didn't match the signature we had on file. And so we just had to check on that. And I actually, you know, instead of being oh, another phone call, telemarketer, it wasn't a telemarketer. It was someone actually making sure that everything w- was legit. And I really appreciated that. That was cool. Yeah. I have no doubt that across the country, it's not always legit. No. <laughs> and here though, 
boy, if it's if it's not legit, we'll make it so. We'll make it right. The old saying, uh, dear Lord, when I die, please don't make me a Democrat because, you know, they're going to vote for me. <laughs> so, all right, let's take a, we got about two minutes left to take a call. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Gil. What's up? Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Yeah, I'd just like good to morning. Uh, go back, go back to a issue that uh, the first caller had, and that was about the uh, sheriff's authority. Uh, and I haven't been able to listen to the whole show, so maybe, Gil, you... When uh, when the caller asked you uh, your your word you used was well technically the sheriff well it's not technically it's by law it's the sheriff and then secondly I don't think our concern is that uh, the sheriff in this case Corey Pulsifer is going to uh, big time as Andy said the uh, the local chief of police what what we're concerned about is what's happening right now and. Uh, some of these other states where the FBI has been called in to try to police and investigate parents who simply want to go to a uh, a school board meeting to express their views. Yeah. In that situation, the sheriff has 100% authority to tell the FBI to leave. Do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. And I, when I meant technically is that most people don't know that. So I want them to know it is a, it's, technical it's law it's exactly right the sheriff has the ability to come in and say uh no not in my house got about 30 seconds left uh, steve did you have any more oh. so thank you steve, no, I for bringing I that did. up. i just wanted to clarify that gil thank you very much you're thank awesome you. thank you for the phone call today uh, 959 news coming up gil thanks again for coming in gladly it, it's always a pleasure i kind of feel like even though we're similar in age i kind of feel like you're my like older brother or something giving giving sage <laughs> advice as we make our our way through things uh and you're welcome anytime gil have you a know, wonderful right? day all right uh, folks again thanks for listening today uh, let's see it's tuesday gil's in tomorrow we got an interesting show don willie is in from the chamber of commerce he's going to talk about a special speaker they have for their luncheon tomorrow afternoon and it's a guy from washington dc and he's going to talk about inflation so a big deal there we'll also hear from brett pruitt from rowdy's range